In order to build resilient models, though, we need to find data or we need to be able to identify the drift properties of data so that we can preferentially build the model with data that drifts less. So we call this stability, right? So stable data is data that's drift less. And while drift is a point measure, stability is a longitudinal metric, right? You're listening to The Data Point of View, a podcast for anyone interested in using machine learning and consumer data to achieve business objectives. In each episode, members of the Mobile Wallet team are joined by industry leaders and influencers to discuss different ways data and technology can improve predictive modeling, feature engineering, and data enrichment. Let's jump in. Thank you for listening today. I'm Laurie Hood, CMO at Mobile Walla, and this is Data Point of View. Data Point of View is a podcast for anyone interested in using machine learning and consumer data to achieve business objectives. Joining me for another episode is Mobile Walla CEO and founder, Anindya Data. Anindya recently published an article on Towards Data Science that discusses how you can use the drift and stability of data to build more resilient models, which we're going to dig into this podcast. So welcome in India. Great to be here, Lori. So, and with that, we're gonna go ahead and jump right in. So when you're building predictive models, model accuracy has traditionally been the primary driver of model design and operationalization. While this leads to high fidelity model construction at training and testing time, Performance in production often degrades, producing results far worse than expected. So in India, let's start by talking about some of the causes of performance degradation in production. Great question, Lori. Well, there are many reasons that why models might perform poorly in production. But one of the main reasons, perhaps the dominant reason, why models in production behave differently than you know when they're trained and tested is changes in the properties of the data that anchors these models. Right? The original data used to create the features on which the model was trained differs from those that powered the model in production. Right? Remember that usually this happens when some time has elapsed between when the model was deployed. And so in that time, the nature and properties of the data that are powering the features that are anchoring the model have changed. So this phenomenon is called data drift, right? So data drift sort of which happens when real world environments contributing data change unexpectedly and in very unplanned ways is possibly the dominant reason that causes uh, problems of resiliency in models. And interestingly, this phenomenon, which we understand much more than we did before, because a lot more models are in production now than, let's say, a few years ago, when people would test models, develop models, but there were simply not that many models operationalized. So as machine learning sort of matures within organizations, more and more models get deployed to power sort of regular organizational processes. And an interesting phenomenon emerges because of what we just described, right? That models misbehave in production. What happens is that now resiliency often overrides raw predictive criteria. Resiliency often overrides raw predictive accuracy as the defining criteria for operationalizing models, right? So increasingly, what the ops process owners care the most about is consistency, right? That payroll and supply chain and and, and organizational processes work predictably and consistently. 
Therefore, the models that power these processes also must be predictable and consistent. Right? So increasingly, ML practitioners are leaning towards operationalizing decently performing predictable production models rather than those that exhibit high performance at test time but often misbehave in production, right? And this preference for resilient models is now widely acknowledged sort of in the industry. So I want to go back a little bit to what you were talking about with data drift. So if the impact of drift on resiliency is pretty much acknowledged, but people want to build resilient models, how do existing solutions then help them solve this challenge? Yeah, so yeah, it is data drift is very well recognized and it is recognized also widely that drift is probably likely the main cause of lack of resiliency, right? So to combat this, virtually all existing machine learning software stacks build in mechanisms to identify drift, right? So effectively all software stacks have a utility into which you can compare the specific data distribution that is powering the model now to the distribution of data on which the model was trained. And the uh, utility then returns sort of a measure of how much the data has drifted, right? So these are super useful tools. And, you know, and almost all of sort of, it's a very key part of model monitoring and model fixing. But the biggest drawback is that they're reactive, right? I mean, you apply them once you see that the productionized model is not behaving as you expected. So when a deployed model misbehaves, these tools are invoked to check drift, sort of revealing how the data fed into the underperforming model you know, is different from the data that was used to train it. And if drift is detected, the model is, of course, fixed by usually by retraining and redeploying. So it sounds like today correcting these issues is much more of a reactive approach, not a proactive approach. So wouldn't the modeler want to be able to better understand their data kind of prior to building features or using it in the model? Yeah, great, great, great sort of thread. Yes, absolutely. We understand that drift impacts resiliency and therefore we have pretty cool ways of measuring drift. But the real question, but these don't help the construction of resilient models from first principles, right? So the real question is, how do we build machine learning models that are resilient from scratch, right? So achieving resiliency, of course, as we talked about already, meaning models that have predictable behavior and underperform seldom, right? I mean, they don't misbehave very often. So without resiliency, so the operationalizing machine learning models will remain a major challenge modelers will continue to build hundreds of models and which will underperform in production, requiring frequent correction. And the continual need to re-engineer these models will raise sort of organizational doubt and questions over the operational utility of machine learning and, and predictive modeling. Which is a big issue for different organizations as they try to build out their data science teams and incorporate more machine learning and predictive modeling. So what should data scientists be starting to do in order to kind of take steps towards moving towards, I think you had talked a little bit about the concept of data stability. Yeah, you know, so it's sort of self-evident that in order to build models that are resilient, you got to anchor them with data that doesn't drift very often, 
right? I mean, if data drifts, models will misbehave. If data does not drift. The issue, of course, is understanding the future drift behavior of data, right? So remember that data drift represents how a target data set is different from a source data set, right? Yeah. For time series data, right? For time varying data, which is, of course, the most common form of data powering machine learning models, sort of drift is a measure of the distance of two instances of data. So drift sort of tells you, hey, at this point, this distribution is different than distribution, this distribution by this much, right? Mm -hmm. So in order to build resilient models, though, we need to find data or we need to be able to identify the drift properties of data so that we can preferentially build the model with data that drifts less. So we call this stability, right? So stable data is data that drift less. And while drift is a point measure, stability is a longitudinal metric, right? So stability yeah. is the property that specific data attribute doesn't drift a lot over time. So we believe resilient models should be powered by data that exhibits low drift over time. Such models, by definition, would exhibit less drift-induced sort of misbehavior. To manifest this property drift over time, we have been using the notion of data stability. Right? So stable data drifts little over time, whereas unstable data is the opposite. Data stability, if one can factor it in properly in the model building workflow and the model monitoring workflow can serve as a powerful tool to build and maintain resilient models. So talk a little bit then about modeling at Mobile Walla and how we're incorporating this concept, this thinking around data stability and understanding that within the data that we're using. So at Mobile Walla, so there are two aspects of using stability. Right? First, the notion is easy to understand. The concept is easy to understand. Hey, here is data that drifts less over time, and here is data that does not. But measuring stability, quite challenging, right? Because the distribution property of data is a very complex sort of artifact, right? So we had to properly quantify how a pro the property of data can be represented mathematically. And from that quantification, we had to develop the mathematics of the measurement of likelihood of drift, right? Okay. So we've done that. And as a result of which, what the first part of the answer to your question is that for all the, the data attributes, Mobile Walla ingest massive amounts of data, you know, hundreds of attributes. For each attribute that we ingest, we compute its stability on a routine basis, right? In fact, for us, Stability is sort of super simple, right? We have a categorical scale, right? Zero through four. Zero means highly unstable, four means highly stable. Right? So we are computing stability of data continuously. And then these values are made available to the modeler, right? So when the modeler is building models, the modeler knows how stable the data items are that he or she has at her disposal, right? So when they're building features, they try to build features that are good, that are predictive enough, but are composed of data items that are more stable rather than less stable, right? So in the, in the ideal case, a model is built with features only built with stable attributes, therefore the feature itself is stable, therefore the feature properties don't drift much, and the model is resilient. In reality though, it is sometimes hard to build features only with stable attributes, right? Because certain features yes. can be so highly predictive 
that you might want to use it anyway. But knowing, but you know, but what still, what this methodology allows you to do is to know or is to predict the stability of features, which means that if you know that I build this model with these four features, one of which is unstable, you know that you expect that model to, let's say, misbehave more than another model that is built with features powered by only stable attributes. Therefore, you can devote sort of scarce monitoring resources and very expensive monitoring resources, which typically are compute resources, towards models that you would that you expect to drift rather than towards models that you expect resiliency from, right? So not only does this help you build more resilient models, it also helps you allocate your monitoring resources much more optimally across your model portfolio. So now you're proactively monitoring the models where you know there's the potential for them to misbehave versus just wondering what's going to happen, seeing it, and then having to go back and retest and retrain. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. So, I mean, I know at Mobile Wallet, we have a large, very sophisticated data science team. We have, what, like 100 models in production. So we're running right. a big shop. And in working to address this challenge, I know that we have built some of our own technology that we've released as an open source project in Novos. So can you talk a little bit about what we're doing with the Novos library? And it's certainly available to anyone interested in using open source. So talk a little bit about that and some of the benefits that a data scientist or a data engineer can get from using that. Novos Lori is bigger than or is broader than just stability, right? So going back to our discussion that we had just now, we kept referring to the notion of features again and again, right? Stable data builds stable features, unstable data. So one of the most important components of model building is making sure that you power the model with the right features or with the right predictive features. And this component of the machine learning workflow where you build features from data is known as feature engineering. So Anovos is really a software library, a library of utilities that lets you do much more systematic feature engineering than what is possible sort of currently, right? I mean, as you said, this is driven by our own experience at building and deploying large sets of models. And we have found that, you know, feature engineering is a very, and it's well recognized in the industry as well, that feature engineering is a very ad hoc sort of messy a lot of art, very little science, sort of modeler-driven process, right? I mean, yeah. And it requires a high level of skill by the data scientist or the model, a deep understanding of their data. I mean, it's a very complex process and a very important one. Yeah, it's a complex process. It's not only, you know, and it's one thing if it's a complex process and there is a procedure you can follow, and if you follow that, you end up in a good place, right? But this is not only is this a complex process, not only does this require a lot of domain knowledge and a lot of sort of experience and skill, it's also extremely time consuming. I mean, feature engineering takes about 70% of the overall time for model building. And it, it is a huge impactor of eventual model performance. I mean, even with all the skill, all the experience, you cannot ensure 
that your feature selection is sort of the best or even good, right? Yeah. And optimal feature selections happens. There's elongated testing and you come back. So Anovos creates a framework where a modeler or a group of a team of modelers can go through a structured workflow and create features that are good and stable from the start. I mean, that's what yeah. Anovos is. Awesome. Well, great. Well, I encourage our listeners who are interested in using open source and improving the feature engineering process, they can find Anovos on GitHub and we'd love to have people use it and share their feedback. And so with that, Anindia, thank you for joining us today and for, for your insights and just talking about ways that data scientists can improve their outcomes. And to our listeners, I want to thank you for your time today. And please join us again for another episode of Data Point of View brought to you by Mobile Walla. Thank you, Laurie. It's always fun to do these podcasts with you. Well, thank you. Thank you for checking out this episode of Data Point of View. This show is brought to you by Mobile Walla. Mobile Walla provides consumer intelligence solutions that help data and marketing professionals better understand, model, and predict consumer behavior so they can acquire and retain their best customers. If you enjoyed what you learned in this episode, make sure to follow Data Point of View wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or visit mobilewalla.com slash podcast to get immediate access to all of the latest episodes. The Data Point of View.